Hi, it's Ellie here. I am super excited to tell you about this episode of For Better Self and Net Worth. I had the extraordinary privilege of interviewing Emily Ahrens. She is a highly sought after healer for female business owners. She's best known for getting clients out of overwhelm, burnout, and unlocking wisdom from within. She has been healing people for over two decades, and she is the host of the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. She was awarded the Small Business Plan winner at the age of 22 for her first wellness center in Salem, Massachusetts. And most recently, she bought her healing business online in 2017 as more than 10 times her revenue to build a million dollar personal brand in 2021. Emily has a husband and two young boys. She has a Harvey farm with puppies and baby goats, sheep, chickens, and ducks. And this conversation, what's really special about this episode, it started off talking business as usual, and it evolved to us just having an emotional connection and talking about love and our pets and what happens in the afterworld. You really don't want to miss this episode. You're going to love it. It's going to be a treat. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure you leave me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth Podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth. I am joined today by the lovely Emily Ahrens. She is an intuitive healer and an aligned business coach. She has overcome so many obstacles. That is basically her middle name. So Emily, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us about what you do and give us your story. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I, I call myself a business alignment coach because I've been doing energy healing for the last 23 years. And um, I definitely uh, was trained in the art of energy healing, massage therapy. And I uh, once had a brick and mortar, in-person brick and mortar. I actually at the age of 22 is when I first started my my own uh, wellness center. Um, and so today I really primarily focus on female entrepreneurs, people who are visionaries and have big dreams for themselves, really aspire for greatness, but maybe they haven't fully reached their potential um, or they've reached a you know pretty decent amount of success and there's something still kind of holding them back. So 
The work that I do is I help to clear their energy system, their energy blocks so that they can move forward in alignment, feeling their best while serving and making a big impact in the world. And it's some of the work. I mean, I absolutely love what I do, whether I work with people individually or in groups. Um, I've actually just last year created a certification program so I can teach other people how to become practitioners of this work and build a business. And I'm proud to say it's the first and only energy-based training with a profit guarantee. And that's because we create an opportunity for students to start earning money within the certification as well as increase their prices. So by the time that they've certified and graduated, they have a career and they have clients. Fantastic. So tell people in the audience what energy healing encompasses. Um, so, you know, I think just to like the bare basics is so, uh, we've all kind of seen like yoga studios with the rainbow chakra person, right? It's yeah. got these circles over the front of the body. And so, uh, what most people don't realize is that those seven main chakras are exactly, exactly where the endocrine glands are located in the physical body. And so these, systems in our physical body, you know, that are in charge of immunity and, and energy and our hormones and our well-being and our mental health and our physical health and, um, and digestion and, and, you know, secreting hormones, like every single physical function our body does is exactly corresponding with our energy field. So they're not this separate thing. It's not outside of you. It's not somewhere else that some people have it and some people don't. It's truly, literally, we're born with these fields. And so that's, you know, why we can walk into a room and sense a good vibe or we just get into a fight or, you know, we have that little tingly spider sense, spider sense, you know? Um, And so we have this intricate energy field. So as a practitioner, I... Uh, learned how to become highly sensitive to the energy fields in that I can see, feel, touch, smell. All of my senses are open to understanding and receiving information about my own, but other people's energy fields. And I can do this um, in person, but I primarily really now solely work uh, uh, virtually. So I can feel sense, move the energy uh, remotely from other people's energy fields. And I do this on a one-to-one basis, but I also do this in a group basis as well. So I have, um, a membership where I do a live energy clearing every single month. And, you know, I've got hundreds of people who are receiving energy healing, um, every single month through the live feed, but then even listening back to the pre-recorded or the ones from years past, because I'm tapped into the universal flow, universal energy. I'm channeling light from God, from heaven, through me and speaking the words out into the field. The energy from all of my meditations and energy healings are specifically programmed, not just to give you a blank mind, but to actually move energy, clear energy and bring you into full balance, full alignment. So when you open your eyes at the end, you feel your best. You feel bright and shiny, kind of like if you just, you know, reach the summit of a mountain and you feel like, oh my gosh, this is the best day. I feel so amazing. It's like that, that you go into your day or finish your day feeling like that's how I kind of describe what alignment feels like. It's you feel 
in the flow. You feel things are easy. Things are just clicking. You're thinking, oh, I need to get uh, a gift for somebody, or I need to pick up a coffee. And somebody just suddenly goes, oh, here, I had this spare thing, or, oh, I wanted to get you this coffee. Oh, okay. So things just start to click and work. And that's how I look at what alignment is when you're, when you're out of alignment, things feel more challenging. Like you're pushing a boulder up a hill. Um, and that's what we're typically up against in life. You know, we're under unrelenting stress constantly. I know some of your listeners are looking to make career changes. So, you know, there's probably nothing more stressful than considering leaving a cushy, seemingly safe job for the wild west and the unknown and working for yourself and all these question marks, you know, and to have to face that stress head on and go, I'm going to do this. That's, that's a lot. That's a big, big boulder to be pushing. And so, you know, at that stage, it's imperative that you're constantly focusing on your own energy alignment so that you can feel your best and do your best every single day you wake up. And even if you're stressed, you can go, okay, well, I can, I can listen to a clearing or I can get myself back into that base level where I feel really, really good. And then I can start putting my work out there in the world. And I'll say once you're fully, when you know what it's like to feel aligned, feeling out of alignment, when you know, when you're out of alignment Oh yeah, and you yeah. know, it, it sucks. Totally. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, whenever I will do a meditation or come back from, you know, a retreat or something like that, I'll be okay. Fully aligned, ready to go, ready to take on the world. And then you know how that feels. And then when you get out of the alignment, you're like, oh no, how do I get back into this again? But it's, it's good because once you know what it feels like to be in the alignment, in that perfect energy where everything is just working out for you. Once you're out of it, you're able to be more aware of that. Yeah. So I can talk, you know, about how to get back into alignment too, because, you know, I don't want people who are listening to think, okay, well, that's great to go to a yoga retreat or to, you know, do something. But like, what about every day? How do I get myself into alignment every day? And so um, I kind of look at it as like five very simple steps. And these things don't cost anything really, um, anything additional than you would normally be investing in. So the first one is, um, water hydration, uh, quality water, you know, so, um, about 70% of people are dehydrated any given time. So that means probably right now listening to this, most people who are listening to this podcast are dehydrated. So hopefully you could reach for your little water bottle, your glass and take a big gulp and start the process of hydrating yourself. Um, number two is eating whole foods. So foods that come from the earth or as close to the earth as possible, not processed, not uh, in a you know package that's been with sugar added in colors and dyes and artificial everything added to it. Um, that can absolutely be detrimental to your energy alignment. A lot of people kind of think, well, you know, it's just like things I've always eaten or it's not that bad for you. I think it's pretty healthy. Even some like quote healthy or natural foods are full of junk. And, you know, I tend to be very conscious of my foods, but even still, I know if I'm eating a frozen pizza that I just picked up from Costco, which is what I'm going to eat today for lunch, <laughs> I know that that is not going to be the best thing for my body, but also for my energy field. 
And so if you think of it this way, like after the yoga retreat, after a great workout, you tend to not want to have a big piece of greasy pizza, right? Because your energy is in a high vibration. So tend to go, oh, you know what I would love? Like a smoothie or a green juice or a salad or something that has life and vitality because you're naturally like attracts like energy is that you want to have the energy match. And so with that high vibration, you go, I want to keep this high. So you go for the things that tend to nourish your system. So likewise, if you're in a lower vibration, one of the fastest things you can do is eat real food, have, you know, eggs, have salad, have uh, whole foods that come from the ground that don't have any other ingredients added. That's a really great way uh, to eat uh, vibrationally. Um, the third thing is to move your body. We have a lot of sedentary people on the planet. Um, and I think it's become a major epidemic. Um, but truly, you know, we are not meant to live such sedentary lifestyle. And mo for most people, you have to set aside time to exercise, go to the gym or work out, but because we're not walking as much as we used to walk and even just getting extra steps in the day is phenomenal. So when I say moving your body, I don't mean go do like CrossFit. You have to do like these hard, crazy workouts. What I mean is just move your body. So it could be walking. It could be gentle yoga. It could be Pilates. It could be stretching. But if you think of your muscles as like your energy pack, you got to charge them. And so the movement, it's like charging the energy batteries of your body. So, you know, you could be dancing, like even just a few minutes of dancing in the kitchen while you're cooking your breakfast or lunch or whatever you're doing. This is so beneficial to moving your energy, to flushing out toxins, to getting you into alignment. Um, Another way, uh, the fourth, I think we're at number four, um, is to, to do some meditation. So that can be just a one minute breathing exercise. And this is something that I really advocate, uh, to everybody, especially for folks who in my world, a lot of people come to me to want to learn how to use their intuition for their business, for their life, to get more in touch with their own spirituality. And I always suggest starting with just a one minute meditation because, that's how I got started. And it becomes kind of addictive very fast where just a one minute breathing exercise to kind of just move some air through and check in on your body. How am I feeling? It passes so fast and we cannot use the excuse that we don't have time because everybody has a minute in their day, whether it's just waking up or when you're on the toilet or going to bed at night. We all have one minute just to simply breathe in and out. And typically what happens is that begins to kind of snowball. One minute becomes five minutes, becomes 20 minutes, becomes I meditate every single day. And if I don't, I feel like crap. So, you know, we, we want to encourage that kind of thing because as you meditate, you're also getting in touch with your highest self, your highest potential. And there's things that happen sometimes. I don't know if that's, if you've experienced this where you've had maybe a meditation or a yoga class or a walk in the woods and you're so connected almost that you just feel like you have ideas and you're inspired and you know you wouldn't or even in the shower i mean that's where a lot of people get their best ideas is because there's nothing else really going on to distract you and you're just so present um those times is when it's like the more you have those moments in your day 
the more aligned your energy can become. Because truly, like I said, you're every day in life, we're in under unrelenting stress. We're pushing that boulder constantly. And life is just kind of coming at us with every different thing. So if we can create these moments and remember our truest, highest potential, it impacts everything else. It impacts us. It impacts the people around us, it impacts our work. It impacts our dreams. It impacts how we're going to manifest and how fast we're going to manifest um, everything. And the final tip, number five, is getting outside in nature. So, um, I mean, I live, I was just telling you, I live in uh, north, the North Shore of Massachusetts. Right now it's below freezing, far, far below freezing. Um, but I do go outside every single day. That's how I start my day. I'm walking my dog. I'm just walking myself even just to get outside in nature, to connect, to ground myself and that is essential for me to really open up my intuition, but also to get into my highest alignment. It's funny how healing nature is. And I completely agree with, you know, I stay hydrated. This is TMI, but I will drink, you know, so much water to make sure my pee is clear. And yeah, it's, it, the eating the whole food thing. I think that's probably the most challenging thing for me, but it's amazing how like these simple steps can really make a huge difference in your life and what happens for you. I also want to ask, um, I think a lot of people, I think, you know, for the longest time in my life, I always taught, I had my intuition, but I always talked myself out of trusting it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very common. It's very common. Why do you think it is that, do you think that we're taught from an early age not to trust our intuition, not to trust our intuitive abilities, even the way that we can read, you know, the yeah. energy? We're, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's been indoctrinated from a very young age that it's more trustworthy to look at black and white, tangible, logical. That's the left brain. So, uh, you mentioned like you do marketing and so, you know, marketing and statistics and strategy and all that is very left brained. The right brain also is in charge of the body. So if you think of the body and creativity and intuition, our body is this integral network coming back to the chakras and how that's intertwined with our physiology. It's not separate. It's not outside next to some people have it. Everyone has it. And so think about the phrase, you have a gut instinct. And we all have read the data about our gut being our second brain, right? And so our body is always giving us insights and information. We can tell when we're about to get sick. We can feel it right? We can sense it coming in. We can feel our stress rising. We can feel potentially cortisol being surging through our body and going, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's going to take me out, but we don't slow down. We keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing because we have to get work done. We have to be productive. And because of that, then it creates more of a stress response in our body. And our body says, I told you to slow down. You didn't listen. I told you to slow down. I started to tell you, you didn't listen. And now guess what? I'm going to take you out. Now you're going to get so sick. You can't get out of bed. Now you have to slow down. And so we've all had the signs, the signals to say, warning, warning, 
or slow down, slow down. But we don't get it because we just have to push through, have another cup of coffee, keep going, keep grinding. And we're, we're, we've acclimated to this pushing hustle lifestyle and culture. And especially as women, we are truly not designed like a man's body with a 24 hour cycle. We have a 28 day to 38 day cycle, which means that we have to understand and respect our body isn't designed by nature to grind it out 24 seven. Our body is designed in a different manner. So there are going to be weeks where we are on fire. No one can even touch us because we are just bam, like so much energy. There are weeks that we're going to be kind of quiet and needing to be more introverted. There are going to be times where we cannot even people like, don't even don't come around me and I'll bite your head off. Like don't. So we have to respect those cycles, but in a nine to five career, you cannot have a cycle. So you have to push through and push all those insights and feelings aside so that you can just get the job done. And so then our worthiness is completely tied into get the job done. So from a young age, when we have instincts, I have two small children, four and seven, and they're incredibly intuitive. They're incredibly in touch with their body. They have signs and signals and they share them vocally all the time. But at some point we've taught small children to quiet down, speak when spoken to, don't cry about that. Don't listen to your feelings. We've dismissed and, and, um, negated their emotions and their responses. And so at a certain age, usually at the, after seven or eight, we start to be quiet and we stop sharing those signals vocally and we start getting shut down. Um, now I know for me, like I never grew up thinking I was psychic or intuitive, but it was only after I was, I was 18 when I went to learn, um, healing arts. And at that point in my life, and I started to learn about energy, I started to learn about the sensitivity to have towards other people. And I kind of thought I was full of crap. I was like, I don't know about this energy thing. I'm moving energy. Sure. And I thought I was just making up in my head until one day I had a client on my table as a student in a practice clinic. And every time I moved the energy in her body without touching her, her arm or her leg would jump off the table. And I was like, wow, okay. Like that to me was it. I realized, okay, so I actually am moving energy. Energy is a thing and I, I understand this. And as I started to open up more and more to my intuitive gifts and, and other ways to communicate, whether it was in spirit or with past loved ones, I realized looking back, I went, oh my gosh. I remember as a small child, three, four years old, I would get upset that my grandfather had died. And I would say, he he came to see me, but he's not here. And my parents would say, no, 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 he passed away. He's not here. You don't have to get upset. And they would kind of just like try to make me feel better. But in doing so, it would almost dismiss the fact that I was feeling my grandfather's energy around me. And I couldn't express, I couldn't tap it. I couldn't vocalize. I didn't understand it. And nobody could quite explain that to me. Now, fast forward, my seven-year-old, um, we had a next door neighbor that was like a grandfather figure to him. We was very close, saw him multiple times a week, played at his house, bothered him, play with him in the garden. And he passed away almost a year ago. And since his passing, he's been experiencing grief and, and various times at school or at home, he'll all of a sudden feel really upset and well, well up with emotion because he thought of grampy and 
you know, I now have the words to say, well, you know, he's here. He's just visiting you. He's checking on you. What does he want to say to you? And I can have these conversations with my son to say, what is it that he wants to share? And he said, well, I just miss him. I wish I, I wish he was here. He said, well, he's not here in the flesh, but he's here in spirit. And so what would you want to say with him, say to him? And so creating a way to have relationship with non-physical uh, loved ones is something that was definitely missing from my childhood. Um, but now that I'm older and I understand in a different way, I can create a, a, an opportunity and a dialogue for, for my, my kids. Um, but I, I truly think like, you know, I didn't think I was born with it. I've learned. And I think intuition and this kind of sensitivity is like a muscle and we are all born with it. We just, some of us, like I'd say, I compare it to like six pack abs. Like some of us were born with just like rippling abs and you can just see it. And other of us that we have to just work a bit harder for any definition. So, you know, I just like to, like intuition is the same way. If you are interested in practicing and learning how to strengthen your intuition, it's just a matter of practice. And just like that one minute meditation, doing that every day is going to strengthen those muscles. And instead of having those instincts like, oh, I wonder if I should bring in the umbrella today and go, eh, nah, I'm not going to do it. And you talk yourself out of it because logically there's no, the sun is shining, it's a bright blue sky. Why would I bring an umbrella? I'm going to convince myself. Otherwise you go out of the house and you go, oh my God, it just, the clouds opened up and it's downpouring. I wish I brought the umbrella and you later regret it. This happens to everybody where we make a decision where we instinctually, our gut instinct, our intuition kind of whisper something but our logical left brain says, uh-uh, there's no reason for it. Yeah. And so what I do now as a daily practice, it's the stupid little things like bring your umbrella and you're like, why would I bring? And you're just like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to bring the umbrella. Like what's the harm in just bringing the damn umbrella? And, and that's what I live my life by. And so every little stupid menial little gut instinct, little whisper. I just follow it. And what I've noticed is that when you begin to just listen every day and take those little hints or get that little whisper, go, all right, sure. Even if it's like, okay, wear the green top. Okay. She'll wear the green top. Like it's just things like that. When I start to live my life that way, everything started to open up for me and my business evolved. I began to trust my instinct when it came to um, business decisions, products, programs, how I offered it, how I marketed it. And the year that I began trusting my intuition to grow my business was the year I 10 X my business within a 12 month calendar year. And I went from making a thousand dollars a month to closing the year over 120 K. And since then, I, that's what I love teaching people how to do to trust their intuition and lean into that, to really be able to have a better life and a uh, flourishing business. Phenomenal. I would say too, do you, I would want to say about your clients that come to you. So you've learned to follow your intuition and, you know, my intuition's never lied to me when sometimes I'll get, I remember getting a pit feeling in my stomach one time. I'm like, something's wrong. Something's really hmm. wrong. And then I find out there was a school shooting on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Or I even found out that an ex-boyfriend was cheating on me because I had a dream about it. Right. And my friend was telling me, she's like, oh yeah, you need to look on his Facebook. He's, he's, you know, all over the Facebook with this other girl. And I looked, I woke and it was in a dream. I just woke yeah. up. I was like, oh, it was just a dream. I go to my computer then that morning. I mean, okay. Know, let's talk about that for a second. Cause yeah. that's like, that is like the juiciest story. So 
And the reason why it comes to us in a dream is because, so it's happening in our conscious life and we run our, our life. Everything is from the conscious point, but there's the majority of life is happening in our unconscious subconscious mind. And so when we go to sleep, our conscious mind goes, peace, I'm out. It's all your subconscious that's running the show. And so I also feel like, and I know that when we are asleep, we are so much more receptive to our intuition because our conscious mind isn't here to go, nah, let's think through this logically. It's only your subconscious mind. And so because you're asleep, you're open to that receptive nature of what's actually right in front of you. And I would also venture to say that there's energy happening in your field, your higher self, your guides, your angels. And then when you're asleep, they're like, listen, sister, I got to talk to you about something right now. And they show it to you in a way that you can receive it. It was always there. They've always been telling you, but you weren't receptive until you were going nine nights. And when you were asleep, then if it's in a dream, it's not as abrasive and shocking. And it's more like you were like, okay, it's just a dream, right? Like it was a soft re receiving of that information, but then you went and validated it. And like that right there, that's something that was, that's really spectacular to go see to, to feel it from a dream, but then to see it in reality to go, oh my God, like, how did that feel to feel validated from a dream? I mean, I remember looking at the computer and I was like, oh my gosh, it was, and that's kind of when I got a real wake up call that my intuition really was looking out for me. And I will say this for a while when I discovered that, you know, my dreams will actually tell me something I kind of ran away from that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you're not a prophet. That's just a coincidence. Like I was in denial about it. Left brain, left brain, ego. Yes. Brain, yes, exactly. <laughs> left brain, left brain, ego. And now that I've kind of come to peace with it, I've kind of had a lot of fun with analyzing my dreams each morning. Yeah. That was like over 10 years ago. So this week, I had a dream that I was supposed to be going to therapy, but I was feeling fine. And my therapist ended up being Bob Saget. Oh, okay. Over a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah, I was going to therapy and chatting with him. And then he invited me to come swim in his pool and hang out, like not in a romantic way or anything like that. Yeah. He's, but he was mentoring me. Yeah. And I woke up, I'm like, oh, that's incredible. Like is Bob Saget actually picking me out of all these people and- you know, showing me the way, showing me how to entertain people. I don't know. I love that. Well, but I think, I think there's some, there's so much there. So like you think of Bob Saget, who is a well-known famous comedian known, known for like raunchy comedy, but also known for like this soft, sweet, full house side of him. Any Tanner we grew up with. Yeah. The total dichotomy of like this, like squeaky clean. And then this like total dirty guy. Um, but, but also, you know, the fact that he's inviting you over, you know, that's like this open invitation for, I, I think of like wealth, notoriety, fame, uh, entertainment, like that's that open, but then the, the, the visual of a pool. So water always represents our emotions. So 
like, okay, so there's this emotional opening that's happening as well. Like it's fascinating, you know, like there's so many different levels that you could look at the dream and sort of dissect. I mean, it, dream interpretation is mostly important for the person who is dreaming it versus the outsiders. Um, that's a fascinating dream. It really is. And then I had, had another dream and now I, I can't remember it now that I start talking about it, but I think once you come to peace with your intuition, know that it's working out in your favor. Always, always. That's when, and I'm sure you're seeing this with a lot of their clients. Do you have clients come to you maybe skeptical of their own intuition and then turn out to- not really skeptical of it, but more just like, I'm open and curious. I want to learn how to use this. And, um, I love to facilitate experiences where I can give people just like a little taste and a little bit experience. And I have a hundred percent success rate, whether it's teaching an intuition class or leading a meditation, um, and guiding people through a journey where they're tapping into a part of themselves. And oftentimes people respond and react with emotion, tears, joy, you know, a new idea, confirmation on a direction, a connection with an animal or a spirit guide or a past loved one. And it's like, I can't make this stuff up at this point. Like the amount of people who listen to one piece, but get 120 different responses and reactions. Everybody's experience is unique to them and it's uniquely powerful to them. So I would say they're not as skeptical, but they're more just like, how do I use this thing? Um, I wonder, have you ever read any, there's a great book. I think it's even called like the, the, I had to look it up for you, but it's about astral travel. Have you ever heard of astral travel or, um, lucid dreaming, a field guide to lucid dreaming. That's what it's called. The field guide. Yes. I need to check that out. You have got, you're already so naturally inclined for lucid dreaming. So, um, it's called the field guide to lucid dreaming. They do have an audio book available and, um, it's called, they're called Orionauts. I think the word, the term is that people who do lucid dreaming and essentially you go to bed with an, uh, an intention and you go into to dream state wherein you are aware that you are dreaming and you can cause yourself to fly. You can cause yourself to punch through a hole or shape shift or transmute something. You, you can be lucid, like aware of the fact that this is a dream and that you can manipulate the dream in however you wish. Um, I've done a little bit of it, but I'm not an expert, but you sound like you'd be naturally very good at it. I have to check that out. I've had somebody recommend and they said, you have to read it. You can't listen to it on audible, which <laughs> I want to listen to everything on audible, but there's like destiny of souls. Ah. And what's that about? I mean, I was telling this person, I think it's about um, connecting with you know, the spiritual world and our deceived loved ones. Cause I was talking about, you know, usually, you know, I can deal with death a little differently than other people because yes, like at the time you are grieving, it's really sad, but you see them in your dreams. Mm -hmm. You see them in your dreams. Communicate with them. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a, a beautiful thing. And I think that's, so here's, it's, it's just an invitation because your dreams are so uh, magical and a lot of your intuition comes through the dream state. Uh, I would for sure keep a dream journal. Sounds like you kind of already are on that trajectory, if not already. Um, keeping a dream journal because I have friends who like you are really active dreamers and can look back like at their journal and go, I predicted this thing happening months or even years ago. Like it actually happened in a dream. And because they have this like physical documentation, you know, sometimes when things happen, you're like, it feels like I'm having deja vu or it feels like familiar somehow, but you probably dreamt it. And it would be really cool to have a dream journal where you can just document some of these things just for your own well-being, for your own records, but then to look back at it. But with with our, our loved ones who aren't in the physical bodies anymore, again, like I said, you're more receptive to their presence in dream state. It's not as threatening and scary when you're in dream state, which is why they come. You know, they're still here. Right now, they are here. But we're just kind of like, I don't see you. Like we just, that's that's how we live. And so when we can open up like in a non-scary, non-threatening way, I mean, I talk to my grandparents all the time. I talk to my dog. My So um, last week we did a student clinic for my, my practitioners who are training. And um, I lost my voice last week. It's still a little raspy today, but last week I lost my voice. So my, my coworker, she led the, the call because I literally could only whisper. And she, I asked her if she could just hold a space for us to open up to our highest and best future, our, our career, hitting our goals. Just, just open up the container. We can kind of drift where we want to go. That's all she had to really say. And in that moment, when I started to close my eyes, um, I started to taste metal. So whenever spirit comes to me, I begin to taste like I'm looking at a battery, like it tastes like metal, like the weirdest, I don't know why, it's just always been that way for me. So I started to taste metal. I thought, oh, I'm probably channeling for somebody here. So then I start to ask, okay, who's coming in? Is there anything that they need to know? And the next thing I feel like intuitively in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, I'm, you know, when you close your eyes, you can still imagine what you look like, right? In my mind's eye, I just feel licking, 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 licking under my chin, just constant. My dog in spirit came for me. So sweet. So sweet. And I just had the biggest smile on my face because he came and he was cuddled up with me. And as he was licking me, I just felt unconditional love. I felt hope. I felt, I felt he missed me and I connected with him. And it was like just this moment. So it's like a bell. You can't unring it. You can't tell me, no matter how much you tell me, he wasn't here. You can't say he wasn't here because he was here to me. I can see you're having a bit of emotional response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's crazy to me because that's, I always wondered uh, what happens to animals after they go. Because humans, we can talk about it to each other. But, you know, I lost two cats last year and then, you know, our pets are a big part of my family. We've had 
seven poodles. We've had English bulldog. I had a dog that got stolen. It was a Yorkshire terrier when I was little and it was so heartbreaking. So a lot of times I do see the pets in my dreams. Of course you do. Um, on, on Christmas this year, I saw my first cat. She came to hang out with me and it was like, she's 30 years old now. My cat's 30 years old. You know, I got her when I was five, like what, what's going on. But then it's not that she was, she lived 30 years old. It's just, I've known her that long. I woke up from that dream. It was, it was literally, no, it was on Christmas Eve into Christmas. So it was almost like a Christmas present. They came to see me. Totally. Totally. And that's not uncommon because again, you are the most receptive in your sleeping state. And that's not going to be the case all the time because even just this conversation is a catalyst for you opening up, even just having this conversation today. And And so understanding that that was a really special time for you. And at that time, maybe silently or subconsciously, you were praying for just like a little extra something, a little extra love, a little extra nurturing. Maybe you were going through something hard at that time as well. And our spirit team, which includes our pets, said, let me give you that love that you need. Let me give you that love because you've been praying and you've been suffering. Let me just give you the love that you need right now. So I can tell you my personal experience with pet loss. Um, um, And my brother, my older brother had a Yorkie. And uh, so I get to visit my brother's uh, Yorkie in spirit all the time too, because a lot of times my memories of my dog will come in with his dog. Um, because in the physical, we would take them to the beach. And I had this dog that was like a hundred pounds. And this Yorkie was like a teacup Yorkie, like maybe five pounds. Best, friends? best, best, best. Friend. <laughs> so my Goliath dog, like we had this, uh, my brother had this snake stuffed animal dog toy and it was kind of like in like a coil. So my dog would lay on the ground and hold one end of the tail in his mouth and just lay on the ground. And then his dog would take the face of the snake and he would hold it in his mouth and he would go and just shake it ferociously. Meanwhile, my dog is just like laying there waiting for him to like play with it. They would go on the beach. We have these great memories. We throw a tennis ball. They would both run. The little dog would get trampled over by my dog, do a barrel roll and then pop up and go, I'll get the next one. Like he was just this funny little guy. Um, but so for my dog, um, his name is Scooby. Um, last year he, uh, actually not 20, 2021, actually. Um, he, he was getting to the end of his life and I knew it. He told me, we talk all the time in when he was in the physical and he told me it was his time. So I found a pet hospice person who could come to my house. Um, and and, and euthanize him at our, our home. So I asked him how he wanted to go. And he showed me the backyard in my mind. So I said, all right, well, we're going to do it outside. We have this big open backyard. We have chickens and ducks and goats. And we had the, the physician, the pet doctor come to the backyard. She said, she set up a beautiful blanket. She just made this beautiful container for us. And, um, and he transitioned in the backyard and that was 
heartbreaking. You know, that moment when you hold your pet and you have see and feel that last breath, it's like, you know, you can just feel your heart just like crack in two. And, and at that, that night when I went to bed, he came to me in spirit, just like he did in the physical, he climbed up on my bed and he put his head on my lap. And it was as though I could feel, I used to pet him between his eyebrows. He had this big groove in the fore, in his forehead between his eyebrows. And I would always just pet it. He would be sitting on the couch, on the bed. I would just always do it. And he put his head right on my lap and I could energetically, it was like in your mind's eye, I could see him and I could feel that groove in his head, but my, my hand wasn't physically touching him. And I just, you know, just every night burst into tears because he came to tell me I crossed over. I'm okay now. And he would, in my mind, I would see these pictures of him running in the field. He used to carry these like tree branch, like he wouldn't carry a stick. He would carry a tree branch. And then people would laugh at him and we'd go hikes. And I was like, no, he's ridiculous. Like he carries these logs basically through the woods and he just loves it. And he showed me that in my mind, I got an image in my mind of him running through the woods with one of those tree branches. And so it's like, he's visiting me. He's telling me I'm okay. I'm doing my favorite things and I'm okay now. And so, you know, I could logically say, well, that's just my imagination. I'm hoping that he's okay, but it's not. That's how they communicate through pictures and images, through sounds, through smells, through songs, you know, through these crazy synchronistic things where somebody says the word Scooby, like, like, what did you just say? Like, that's how pets and that's how loved ones and spirit do communicate with us. And so for me, I'm very highly, uh, uh, the psychic senses to see. So, uh, clairvoyant. So that's how he and other things show up to me first and, and quick is, is clairvoyantly. Like I said, the other day, I felt it that's clairsentient. So I physically, it felt like I was being licked under my chin. And then I saw and then my senses started to open up intuitively to him. And so my invitation to you with your cats, your beloved family members, your dog, like just to think of them and to see if they have any thing they want to share with you or just to call them in to say, you know, I could use a little extra love to even my dog Scooby that um, that summer, the next year, last year, the 2022, my, on my birthday, just like on Christmas Eve, your dog, your cat came to you. He came to me on my birthday and it, he came to my son too. My son goes, I was just thinking of Scooby today. I think he came to wish you a happy birthday. It's like, you know, I've, I've just exploded to tears. I go, he visited me too. He came to me too today. And so we, I think we discredit those sensitive thoughts and feelings because it doesn't seem real. It doesn't, it can't, it's not logical. Um, and, you know, I, I can see this like opening happening for you to be able to connect to your past loved ones or your animals. And, you know, I think in terms of opening your intuition and being able to receive messages from them, I think connecting with your pets is one of the most beautiful things because it's not like they're on the other side in heaven, like too busy to talk to you. Like they're the second you think of them, they're right there. Like the second you think of them there, right there. Yeah. It, it was crazy to me 
to see that when um I had to put Sassy down because she was in so much pain. I came home and I was expecting Simba just to grieve and just to be really upset. Like, where is she? Where is she? And he 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 was fine. He he was not fine, but he came to comfort me. It's like he knew. And the same thing happened with um, a set of poodles that my parents had. They had Shing. Shing passed away. And Hundar was like at peace. It's almost like he knew. Mm-hmm. It is. It's not almost like they know. They yeah. They know. They know. Yeah. You know. I I think this is this is the the language that we're given, right? It's not almost like they know. They know. And in fact, they've known. They've known for a lot longer than we've known. When it was time for one to go, they said, "Listen, it's time for me to go." They already let their buddy know, "It's my time." Um, our dog Jada was very old and very frail and she waited until the day after my husband's birthday for her body to fail and to say it's time you know these aren't coincidences it's not like like she knew it's it's my dad's birthday today so I'm not gonna do it today but I really gotta go you know and it's it's these sacred connections that you know I don't I don't I don't know people who aren't dog and cat people they're not my those are not my people um but when you when you love um an animal you create a bond energetically and in fact like I mean I rescued my dogs but my husband didn't rescue he had a breeder even still doesn't matter however the animal comes to you we have goats I told you we have goats in our backyard like we have a, a bond, an energetic bond, an, a spiritual bond. And so I don't know if you ever do this. I'm sure you do because I do it constantly. So I imagine everybody else does. But I narrate what the animals are doing as though they're talking. Yeah. And so, so personalities. Right? Or they, yeah. Right. So if you put food down for one cat or a dog or something, and you're like, oh, this is my favorite time of the day. Like, like I constantly am narrating a conversation that's <laughs> that's happening. Do you do that too? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the same goes as like, you know, um, our, our neighbor just got a puppy, um, almost a month ago, but I've been taking the puppy out with my dog every single morning. And I know the dialogue that the two of them are having. And I will tell my dog to tell the puppy to come. I don't call the puppy because he doesn't listen to me. He listens to my dog. So I'll say, Wex, can you get the puppy? And he gets the puppy. And it's, it's the most incredible thing. And so like my dog, he's, uh, so also the other miraculous thing with my dog, Scooby, uh, before he passed, he helped us to rescue our current dog. And the adoption process was so insane. It was like, you know, six or eight weeks before you could get paired with the right dog. We found the dog we knew was our dog. And basically we had him within a 24 hour period. And I know it was because my dog Scooby coordinated in spirit to say like, we got to set this up right now. And he, um, we got, we got my new dog Wexford and four days later, Scooby crossed over and like, cause he knew I needed to have, he knew I needed a dog. Like he knew I was like, not going to be okay without having a dog. And it was great to be able to grieve the loss of my dog 
and have this puppy with me to help um help nurture me when I was in that in that space as well um but our dogs talk to us they talk to us they communicate and my dog always says he's I have two young kids and I have the dog and he always says but I'm your baby he always says that to me but I'm your baby and he snuggles on my lap and he'll look at me and he goes am I still your baby? Like he looks like he said, like, and I, and I say, say like, well, he said this to me or he said that to me and people are like, okay, but you have a bond, you know, that they're communicating with you telepathically all the time. It doesn't stop when their body is no longer here. It doesn't stop. No, it's crazy. It's yeah. The way they look at you, like right now, Khaleesi's like chasing something. Uh Uh-huh. It's like, hey, um, you know, all eyes on me right now. Yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, the way that they look at you, you know that they love you. You know that. Mm-hmm. It, or, hey, I'd like a cookie right now. Or Yes. Why didn't you feed me? I'm sitting here. <laughs> you know I'm hungry. You're not feeding me right now. Like, <laughs> they have a full dialogue. So, I mean, I love, I love where this conversation has kind of, gone it's really no I needed to hear this because I I do have a lot of friends that are clairvoyant in ghost hunt but you don't really talk about pets often Mm, no yeah and you know it's definitely coming in for you so that you know your pets can be there to you know you can so what some of the ways that you can work with your pets right in dream easy done check mark you got a gold star for that one you're already connecting with your pets in dream Um, but also in real life. So like, let's say your keys are missing. Let's say you're looking for a new opportunity in your life or in your career. Um, let's say you're feeling a little down one day, just ask the comment, invite them to come in and say, Hey, pet name insert here. (laughs) Hey, um, could you give me some help? Show me a little bit. It says cat mom. Look at that. Does that say cat mom? That's so cute. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. What do I like to Um, you know, Hey, could you, could you come in today and give me a little bit of love? Could you show me some direction? Could you just make this day a little bit lighter and brighter? Take away some of this worry and replace it with love. Could you just, just asking them for whatever it is that you need that day and they're going to deliver it to you. Um, could you connect me with the right people for podcast interviews to help elevate the episode and to really bring it to the right listeners? Um, you know, we, we, Think of asking for help from like other humans. And it's kind of like, I don't want to bother anybody, but in spirit, at least for me, uh, in spirit, it's like so much easier. Like, what are they, what are they too busy doing? I'm not taking them away from something. They want to help you. They want to support you. And in a lot of times I feel like our pets in spirit are like spirit guides. They are, our you know, connectors. They are here to make our life easier and better and support us and love on us and, just like they did when they are in the physical. And I also see their senses of humor. Just like I mentioned that story with my dog and my brother's dog, like just thinking of that story, like we were both laughing of like how ridiculous it is, this teeny tiny dog with this big dog and playing games, like just that thought of them, it brings joy. So if you invite in just memories of your cats or your dogs, um, that's a really lovely way to work with them as well. Very nice. Yeah. I feel like they were a part of this. For sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. What advice do you want to give the listeners? 
and how can we work with you and support you? Uh, well, you know, I think advice since we're just kind of on the topic is to just to start listening to your own instincts. And I would invite you instead of dismissing them, just just start listening to it, whether it's a pet or your own instinct or uh, just like a quick little passing thought, turn left instead of going straight, you know, just those kinds of little things. I would say just start to trust yourself with the little things. Um, and I would love to connect with your listeners if they're still listening right now. Thank you. And um, I I love hearing how you receive this episode. So, you know, one of the ways you can do it is reach out on Instagram. I'm at Emily Aaron's on Instagram. Definitely take a screenshot, tag me in your story. I'll be happy to share it. Let me know what was, you know, a special part of the episode that really rang true for you or really resonated. I know I gave a bunch of different tips. If some of those tips really hit home, um, I'd love to hear. And um, there's plenty of ways that you can check out my work for free. I'm doing some upcoming workshops that you can um, sign up for for free. You just check out my website and it will tell you sort of the latest and greatest. Um, again, I've got free things. I've got low price things that depending on where you're at in your life, in your business, in your spiritual practices, you might see where it most resonates or, you know, even just following along on social media is just as well too. So um, thank you for, for having me and for opening up this stage and this beautiful conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Me too. This is, so record has been broken. <laughs> this is the first episode where I've cried on the air. Oh, I had that effect on people. So. Yeah. It's the first time I've cried on the air and I will tell you, I've had some pretty heavy stories come on. I've done a couple interviews this week and there's been some really heavy stuff, but this is probably the first time I cried on the air and I'm totally okay with that. That's great. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to connect with a stranger and to be able just to connect and to talk about these kinds of things. So I'm happy that we could have this great connection. And, and, you know, those emotional responses, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful thing. And well, thank you so much for bringing this. And I know so many people will be impacted by this and this is meant to be heard by so many ears. Oh, good. I'm excited. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.